I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Friday Views brought to you by Yahoo Sports Canada. My name is Iman, and I'm joined by a very special guest special i can't speak i'm sorry y'all it's right after the pistons game (laughs) i'm joined by a very special guest jordan hales jordan what is up what's up thanks for having me i appreciate it always great talking to you fellow raptors twitter og from time you know what it is yeah 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 so we we've because we've been raptor ogs from time we've seen a lot of these a lot of these heartbreakers yeah it's annoying it's really annoying to have to constantly go through you know these heartbreaking losses but at the same time it didn't used to be like this not all the time we still really own Detroit we had masterclass moments against Detroit posterizers and all the kind of things against Detroit and now since Dwayne Casey wants to be bitter you know what I'm saying and petty he just wants to make an exception to beating us handedly, well, not necessarily, not always handedly, but making a point to crush our spirits. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> do you do you do you believe? Okay, so we're we're coming, we're speaking to you right after the Raptors lost. The Raptors lose by two points to the Pistons after a, a valiant comeback. Would you say they they fought hard? You and I were discussing it in the third. We were like, should we just record early? Right. Like, <laughs> should we just scrap this entirely? But but they did have their comeback in the fourth. I think Boucher has. Um, has dubbed it the fake comeback against the Detroit Pistons. He's joked about that on his podcast. Um, do you buy into the idea that there is a Dwayne Casey Raptors curse somewhere out there and we just need to find the antidote? <laughs> I can't necessarily, I feel like it would be more of a curse if we, if we never beat him since he left. That's mm. legit curse. But there was that one year where we did sweep him. That team, though, see, that's the thing. The 2020 Raptors team, I hate the bubble. I hate, you know, Pascal Siakam's groin mm-hmm. injury, and I hate the Game 7 against the Boston Celtics, but that team was special, you know? Mm-hmm. That team was so incredibly special. They were the only team good enough to really beat Dwayne Casey. Now, a lot of people on Twitter joke about, well, Casey gets his guys up for these games, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're sleeping the rest of the time, like, basically, and just awake for the Raptors. You can't really use that excuse because it kind of feels like every Raptors player wakes up for the Pistons game, too, but right. still never has enough. What do you think is there? What What is blocking the Raptors from beating a team like the Detroit Pistons? It's like how they always used to play down to their competition, like, I feel like that was a significant thing where it's just like, okay, you know that you're a much better team than this lowly team, but you play down, you don't actually go on and execute and have the energy that you have for other top teams that you're actually competing against. So it's just like, why are you making yourself inferior to a lower team for no reason? You know what I'm saying? And I feel like it's like a mental thing as well, too, because 
at this rate, now you've been swept by them. Three out of four years. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, so it's like, it's a mental thing. It's just like, okay, we need to beat Detroit. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not just about beating Casey. It's just like, okay, this team, we legitimately have not been able to beat. We got to beat them. You know what I'm saying? So it's definitely a mental thing that they have to get over, but it's a matter of like execution and just like kind of just overthinking it. Just play your game. You know what I'm saying? Make your shots. And, and make your free that throws. I mean, Please. Make, make your free throws. The Raptors end up losing by two points. And outside of the, the precious missed uh, free throw at the end, which, of course, he did to hopefully secure the rebound and get two points there was a yeah. smart move. Outside of that, the Raptors missed, what, four free throws in the fourth quarter alone in a game they end up losing by just two points. Um, make your free throws. <laughs> yeah. Like, where's the discipline? Where's the discipline? Make your free throws. They are free. Make your free throws. They're, they're, they're literally free. They're there for you to make. Um, right. So enough about the Pistons game. I don't want to depress us entirely. Um, but you know what? If we talk about the Raptors last couple of weeks, I feel like it's all depressing regardless of what we talk about. At least they lost tonight by two points and made it somewhat of a fun game instead of right. losing by 30 points. <laughs> right, right. Um, can I, let me ask you about that, actually. What do you, what do you make of the Raptors losses recently? Because yes, they beat the Nets, but those are the Long Island Nets. So that's, you know, <laughs> basically their G League version of a team. It's without right. Kyrie Irving, without Kevin Durant, without Ben right. Simmons. Um, losing by what, 32 points, I think it was to the Hornets, 30 points to the Pelicans and 27 points to the Atlanta Hawks. What do you make of the Raptors mm-hmm. doing that um, after really having a phenomenal January and February? You know, I hate to use a Caseyism right now mm-hmm. because he always used to allude to the dog days of the season. Um, it's when you get into like, you know, uh, February and just like that stretch where it's just like, okay, like it, it's just like kind of like a lull. Um, yeah. s- something must have happened during All-Star break where it's just like, all right, you're kind of relaxed not necessarily have as much focus you come back it's just like where is the energy you know what i'm saying and even like going into the break it's just like okay guys like you know what i'm saying like like what's what's happening right now and it's just like a, a loss of momentum um it's just one of those things that you can't necessarily explain it's just like i don't know if they guys need more practice in there or if it's just a matter of there's some fatigue somewhere maybe all of those heavy minutes you know what I'm saying? Uh, from the starters started to have an effect because like the energy is kind of brought down. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it, it's just it, it's it's just a, it's a, it's a glaring difference in terms of like the energy presentation from the wind streak till the low streak. You know what I'm saying? Right. So just to sort of add to your point there, I think when they had that win streak, everyone was looking at the schedule and seeing teams like the Bulls, like the Heat and like the Hawks prior to facing them, you know, you're sort of gearing up for that game as well. And then this sort of down streak happens and you're facing teams that you assume that you're better than you just beat the Hawks. twice. There's no need that you, you know, reason that you can't beat them afterwards, the Hornets, the Pelicans, none of these are world beaters by any means. Um, The Raptors are just not a good enough team to believe that they have a switch and that they can just turn it on in the fourth. We saw them do that tonight against the Pistons, but it's not something that they can consistently do and come out and pull out games. I also think you mentioned it, the minutes, the wear and tear on guys as well. OG and Anobi hurt. Clearly that explains his shooting by Van Vliet being out. So 
I agree with you. I think it's a bit, a bit of the minutes. I think it's a bit of team, you know, the team not really getting up for these games. Um, but t- tell me if you believe in my theory right now. I'm just throwing this okay. out at you. It's not even on the outline. I think the Raptors are kind of like a, a house of cards. Kind of liken them to that. And when one of their starting five or multiple of their starting five get pulled out, everything kind of crumbles. And that's what we're really seeing um, is just the lack of stability in their team. You pull OG Ananobi out, you pull Fred Van Vliet out, what have you, or have any of them kind of injured and the structure is just not stable enough to stand up. Mm-hmm. No, that, that makes, that makes sense because listen, the entire reason like kind of going into the season was just like okay you have you establish your core right mm. fred fred pascal og that's our core He's like you know drafting scotty barnes like really integrate him there and whatnot so just like that is you know the focus that is the new era that we're currently sitting in and front office made that um you know they emphasize that these are the guys that we're rolling with right so when those guys are not there and it's inconsistent, look how long that we went without, like, you know, just like having the five guys healthy, our starting five healthy. So that chemistry wasn't necessarily there. And then once we get a glimpse of, okay, this is what it can look like when they're all together, we lose a piece, we lose Mm -hmm. two pieces, we get one back, we lose another one. So it's just like, it's a jigsaw puzzle. It's like we're playing Jenga, you know what I'm saying? and next, you know, you're right. It's just like it topples, it topples over. over. Exactly. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. It's just a matter of like getting that chemistry down when you don't have all that and when you don't have a sufficient bench that can mm. offload some of the responsibilities that the starters have been carrying. It's just like, how much more do you want us to do and to win these games, stay competitive? And then if the bench is not holding up their end of the bargain, then this is the result of yeah. all those heavy minutes and all that wear and tear. Like you said, it's just like, all right, bodies are going to drop. Things are going to happen. And then you're just going to be slugging your way through, but it's not going to be pretty for a while until you get those guys back. And then you have to reintegrate those guys off of injuries and have that chemistry established so it's just a lot of moving pieces and it's just like a a constant game that's been playing it's just a juggling act you know what i'm saying now does that worry you though that the raptors are kind of in a juggling act right now and they haven't been able to stay healthy what do you think the sort of tail end of the season because we're i know they say the all-star break is a halfway point but really the all-star break is like the two-thirds yeah so we're so we're really nearing the the end of the season does yeah. the Raptors' inability to stay healthy at this point worry you, or do you think that hopefully they can get everybody going um, to, to end the season and, and and end it on a high note? What are, what are your thoughts? It's it's so funny because I know that during the Demar and Kyle era, this was always a thing. Like during the midpoint of the season, or during All Star break, or just uh, around there, there was an injury to like mm-hmm. kind of derail the momentum, and then there you see the fall off or you see the drop off a bit after all-star break and this is like okay guys are getting healthy before the playoffs and make a momentum push and whatnot i don't think that even when we get healthy bodies this is a matter of is the bench going to gel are they going to actually provide solid minutes and actually be adequate scorers in order for us to 
sustain our starting five and so that the guys can stay relatively fresh so guys are not playing 40 plus minutes every damn game you know what i'm saying so it is a bit concerning but at the same time i feel like it's because it's one it seems like it's just raptors tradition that like we can never have a healthy roster for two-thirds of the season yeah and two it's just like look guys starting to get healthy at the right time maybe that allows for some momentum to be built like look malachi getting more minutes has been great like you know you don't again more minutes that'd be great Thad's still working his way in and he's shown glimpses of like you know really solid production in um reliable minutes but it's just a matter mm-hmm. of like that has to gel more as we get closer to having a playoff push because as it looks like right now we're going to be a playing team unless something miraculously happens and we get into the sixth spot you know what i'm saying so so yeah so i I do want to ask you a little bit more about the bench because you know you mentioned it malachi flynn is getting more minutes we're seeing precious achua get extended minutes we're seeing chris boucher get extended minutes who of the bench players has really stood out to you let's actually because tonight I would say that Precious and Chris Boucher really had fantastic games, but maybe let's start with Malachi Flynn. What have you seen from him um, in, in the games that he's been able to start recently? Confidence, 100% confidence. And I know that everybody has been talking about, I mean, I even tweeted out, just like, you know, stay ready so they don't have to get ready. But that is the um, that is the mark of a professional basketball player, or professional athlete. When your number is called, when you're thrust into the position where you're to be relied upon, what are you going to do with the time that's given to you? And he has been, you know, showing off his energy, his hustle, um, his playmaking ability, like, you know, flashy like that little nifty move that he did on LaMarcus Aldridge. Great. You know what I'm saying? And just like, he's, he's been assertive and he's been showing like, you know, all of that potential, a promise in which we saw, um, like, you know, when we drafted him and even like, you know, in his rookie year, yeah, I know that, you know, Tampa was an experience, but it's just like, we're seeing a lot of those things uh, coming into fruition. And it's just like, you know, he, he's, he can be a serviceable backup point guard. And that's pretty much what we need. <laughs> and and um, I think that he's been making the most of his minutes. You know what I'm saying? Defensively, offensively, and just like, you know, just talking and building chemistry and finding guys and hitting open shots, hitting deep ass threes. Like, you know, again, the confidence has like, you know, not been absent. It's been very present. So that's been the standout for me. Yeah, no, I stay ready so you don't have to get ready. I love it. That actually like perfectly encapsulates what Malachi Flynn has done now. I want to talk a little bit about Delano Banton as well. Love Delano. He is such a change of energy anytime he gets into the game. What are your yeah. thoughts on, on the Delano minutes that he's been getting recently? I love Delano. And again, he is a spark plug. He is somebody who just like just is instant energy off the bench. And that's something that pretty much everybody noticed very early on into the season. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know who coined the term Vision 6-9. I'm not sure if it was our friend, uh, you know, Pascal Propaganda account. Shout out to him. But, like, be, but having that lineup and him being integrated with that, because he's so, 
he's so quick you know what mm. I'm saying and like being quick and lanky obviously we see with Pascal and it's just like that is a, a great advantage um obviously like you know with his handle sometimes he can get like sloppy fumbled a bit tonight like I saw yeah. that like you know when he seemed like my god everybody was fumbling everyone oh, was, was fumbling and falling oh, what yeah, was, it was tonight bad. It was like, it was like, it was like a classic NFL Foley's uh, video, but it was great. Um, It it, it was just like a hot ass mess, but that's exactly what Pistons Raptors games are. They're hot ass messes. Oh my goodness. Um, (laughs) But uh, with Delano, I think that um, with his energy and the fact that he picks up the game so quick, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like he's able to really read defenses, read coverages and just be like, all right, this is where he needs to be and not necessarily put himself in a position where he's going to get in trouble. Um, Like, you know, when he takes the opportunity to like, you know, go on a fast break or like, you know, take something himself to like put a shot up, just like he's just letting his natural instincts flow from time to time. And that's something that we pretty much need. Like, you know, when, when he's needed to do it because we need that energy boost and yeah. like you know he gets a little floater in or he gets to the basket or whatnot it's just like look the you see that the team feeds off of that you know what i'm saying like it's it's kind of like um like scotty as well like you know like the just the, the energy just gravitates uh towards them but it permeates throughout the rest of the team when they can get it going and delano definitely knows how to get himself going and i think that it's just like we just need more of that and it's just building on that consistency which will you know make him more beneficial to adding to the bench production Speaking of bench production, we got to talk about Precious Achua and Chris Boucher, who were both mm-hmm. just so incredibly active today. Uh, Chris Boucher is only credited with one block. I feel like I saw three uh, at the very least. Yeah, he had at least like, four. Like, like, like yeah, I, I remember multiple. I was just looking at it. I only see one that he's been credited with. Um, thoughts give me give me all like the precious Achua just like number one what he's been able to do how what did he have today let me take a look at his numbers I had it right here of course I lose it um precious Achua had 18 points and seven boards tonight 18 points and seven boards he was incredibly active um I did wish you think that he had this in him <laughs> Yes, yes, okay. yes, I did. Uh, because he he absolutely showed flashes of it. And here's the thing: with players who <laughs> were not with the Raptors, but then they mm-hmm. come to the Raptors, they become different players, but better players. You know what I'm saying? Um, it as was the case of just recently, Thaddeus Young. I mean, like one three, like while he was at Spurs, and then all of a sudden, like he's hitting five. You know what I mean? So this is a matter of like unlocking the potential. And as Precious has become more comfortable, like, you know, within the offense, running with Pascal, Fred, OG, like you have to learn from these guys, you know what I'm saying? Like they've been through a lot. So it's just like Precious is still a young player, but his ceiling is high. You know what I'm saying? It's just a matter of like, all right, work on his three-point shot. He's working on his mid a bit, a little bit, rim protection and stuff like that. I wish he hit more of his free throws tonight. But outside of that, I admire the hustle and the energy because without him and Boucher just like crashing the glass, being pests, 
on the perimeter as well, like, you know, getting into traps and like, you know, really making it uncomfortable for the Pistons. That's how we're able to come back, you know what I'm saying, yeah. with the potential to win the game. So you have to give them credit for not only what they were able to do on the offensive end, even though it looked messy and sloppy uh, mm. from time to time, but defensively, they did everything that you could ask for, you know what I'm saying? So I just think that I have to give them their credit because that hustle and that tenacity and, you know, you have to be, you have to really dig down and be aggressive on the, def- on, on the defensive end um, without fouling, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we saw how the game was being called and it's just like, it looked very questionable. <laughs> Not even looked questionable. It was very questionable and egregious and outrageous at times. But the fact that they were able to like be... <laughs> exactly like you know me you know media train a little bit you know what I'm saying you got to be a little bit political but um the fact that they weren't able to like you know get themselves into like major foul trouble so that we could you know have a chance that doesn't happen if it's not really executed well on the defensive end and at the same time Nick Nurse getting getting ejected was certainly a big energy boost Fred yeah. standing on the sidelines acting as a coach as well like you know you know that gives those guys confidence so I'm I I've seen a lot of good with Precious um I knew that you know uh Heat fans did sing its praises uh before we got him and whatnot it's just like look this is a young guy like he seems like a project and I know that people in Toronto tired of like you know having projects that we always have to build but projects is what got us the championship so it's fine uh so like you know you just gotta there's a little bit of patience people like patience you gotta be patient with these guys no i'm completely with you on that i this game if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I feel like I don't even want to forget the fact that the Raptors play the Pistons. Yeah, um, it didn't happen. It's fine. It didn't happen. Let's move on. But you know what? Unfortunately, the Celtics win, win tonight as well, which just further separates the Raptors from hopefully getting into the top six. It further cements the Celtics into the top six. So the Raptors right now in the play-in, 
um, the seven seed. They still have a way to sort of crack up in there, especially with Cleveland kind of wavering a little bit. I think Cleveland right. is 500 in their last 10 games, and there's not a guard in Cleveland who can stay healthy at this point, uh, which is unfortunate for them. Yeah, but um, it, it's shaky, and the Raptors do have uh, an easier schedule than both the Celtics and, and the uh, Cavs moving forward. So it is a possibility that the Raptors make a top six um, do you think it's likely at all, or do you think that they stay in the play-in? I think it's likely if Cleveland continues to slide. I understand that Cleveland has had, like, you know, success that a lot of people didn't necessarily go into the season thinking that they would be a top six team. You know what I'm saying? Top eight, yes. Top six is just like, no, not really. I was one of those people, I'm just like, look, Cleveland is eventually going to dip a little bit because I just... I wasn't very, um, I wasn't very like, you know, sold on what they could do long-term, you know what I'm saying? It's a great, it's been a great story, but I think that we do have potential because we still have guys who have been there in terms of like, you know, that playoff experience. And when players like Fred and OG come back healthy, ready to go and whatnot, that's only going to, be more of a benefit for the rest of the team because it's just like listen they know where they want to go and it's just a matter of like all right this is the push that we need and you know march april that's crunch time you know what i'm saying so i think that once we get that leadership back that leadership and experience on the court healthy going with the guys that is what's going to give us the advantage and it's just a matter of like, all right, look, look at the schedule, look at the teams that you're supposed to beat, beat those teams and stay healthy. Please. <laughs> you know I, I really do think it comes down to how healthy the Raptors are in the yeah. final stretch. That's, that's all it is. Um, but the Celtics look like they're just sort of separating themselves from the Raptors. I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors still stayed in the seventh spot just because, yeah, sure, their schedule is easier, but they've literally just lost to the Hornets and the Hawks right, and right. the Pistons. Right, um, right. So there's no no way that I'm, I'm betting on anything there. Now, mm. I, I don't think we've ever actually spoken about the play-in tournament, so I do want to get your take. Are you a fan of something like the play-in tournament? Because, hey, the Raptors might finish with the seventh-best record in the Eastern Conference, and there is a significant difference between between finishing as a seven seed and finishing as a 10 seed, but even still, they might miss the playoffs. Um, I know LeBron said he's hated it before, but now he probably loves it because it's the only way that the Lakers have a chance exactly. at the playoffs. Exactly. Um, but, but what is your take on it? Is it something that you, you like or. Um, I understand. Look, I, when they introduce the concept of it, it's because of the fact that within you know, the Western Conference where it was just like always very close. So you had teams that were finishing above 500, but still nine or 10 seats because they were that competitive. Whereas on the East, it was like uh, the complete opposite. Like teams were not that good. And it's just like, look, I think that I, I, I felt that it was like, it was good for, you know, the, for its inaugural year, it was exciting and whatnot. Like, you know, you got to see Steph and LeBron play in like a winner-take-all game. And that was really exciting, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, it does have like, you know, that excitement for fans, 
Um, it's obviously another money grab for the NBA, for the NBA because I, obviously who's going to say no to money in a pandemic when you need to make some more. So I get that. But overall, it's just like, listen, one to eight, make it in. That's what it's been for 70 whatever years or whatever, like, you know, yeah. they, they adopted like, um, you know, 30 teams, you know what right. I'm saying? But it's just like, that's who wins. It's one to eight in your conference. That's it. If you miss, cool, go home, watch it on TV, try again next year. You know what I'm saying? There is a, a level of like unfairness to it. Cause I'm just like, this is where you finish. You finish seven, eight. Like, I have to earn my way into a seven and eight spot, even though I did statistically what I was supposed to do with my record. Yeah. But you feel I, robbed. If let's say the Raptors are a seven seed and, and they lose. Uh, I mean, if you have to end up losing two games, which is, is really difficult if you are a top seed, uh, seven or eight, you have to lose two games as opposed to just one. Both um, of them would be at home too, right? Because if you were the seven is, seed, yeah. both of them will both be at, at home. home. But you know, the, yeah. Raptors, the Raptors have not really been one to win game ones. <laughs> and it, play in tournament feels very much like a game one. Uh, they, they need that second game to sort of adjust to what a team's doing. So they're kind of hit with two game ones right there. Um, right. Would you feel robbed? Yeah, a little bit. I'm just like, what do you mean? Just like, we're the seventh seed and we're not in the playoffs? That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like like the Warriors last year, eight seed, missed the playoffs because they lose to the Lakers and then the Grizzlies. And then they, yeah, exactly. So it's just like, it sucks. You know what I mean? I'm just like, no, we earned our way to be here. Like, this is our record. We're above 500. We're in the seeding position. Why are we, you know, why are we missing it? And it's just like, you have sub 500 teams in the West who just like could potentially be an eight seed, like you, know, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's just like, but I'm just, but when you're going at it in a traditional sense, they should not be in the playoffs. Yeah. So looking at those teams, looking at the seven and eight seeds, it's just like, yeah, this is unfair. I have to earn my way in, even though I already earned my way in. I eat yet thing that. uh now okay so let's let's talk a little bit about it so right now the raptors are the seventh seed brooklyn is the eighth seed charlotte is the ninth seed and atlanta is the 10th seed this could all change by the time this comes out um but that's where it stands right now looking at my app right which of these teams if you could rank them so we're talking brooklyn charlotte and atlanta Ranking them in like who I would want to face who the least. You would want to face start. Yeah, start with who you would want to face the least and then work down uh, to who you want, basically. Brooklyn. Mm. Even if it means no Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. I okay. Brooklyn, Charlotte, Atlanta. You'd rather play Atlanta than Charlotte. Even with yeah. Trey. You can you can take away Trey Young, okay. like Charlotte historically. Mm, going back to the Bobcats, I'm not fam. I, I, I walking through it. those doors. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't want it. I don't historically, want it. <laughs> historically, the Pistons do not have the Raptors number. The Charlotte Hornets slash Bobcats. What did they win one year? They won like nine games. They had seven games. They won. And some they won two of us. Digit and they beat the Raptors twice. twice. 
twice. They had single-digit wins, and they listen, beat the Raptors twice. Listen, our championship year, I don't care. I, I know that we won the championship. Jeremy Lamb, that one shot will haunt me for the rest of my life. One? And he then he did it in Charlotte. Oh, my God. And then he did it again in Charlotte. I was just like. And you know what's actually crazy about them beating the Raptors twice that season? Is it was a lockout shortened year, so I think the Raptors only played them twice. <laughs> Might have played them a third time, but uh, oh yeah, they played them a third time and they had a winning record against the Toronto Raptors. And Insane. also, insanity. And, and also, the thing about Charlotte, too, they're such a wild card because, like, when mm. they're hot, like, they have multiple players that can really, like, LaMelo was a special talent, Miles Bridges, special talent. They have really talented guys. Rozier, too, just like can randomly just like go off. And the Raptors are prone to having a random guy just go off for 30 points for no reason and it's a trap you know what i'm saying of the of those two teams atlanta and charlotte charlotte scares me the most because atlanta can at least be neutralized you know i i genuinely feel like the raptors are better than that the hornets and the hawks i'm like you, you gotta feel comfortable going up against anybody kevin durant's the only person who scares me um but also the nets are looking shaky i mean they only yeah. have a few Devin Durant needs to come back because Ben Simmons apparently has back issues. So I don't know. Time is running out for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, yeah. Now I did want to come to the, to the final segment mm-hmm. where we're going to play a game of this or that, or would you rather, whatever you want to call it. Um, so we're going to start with someone we talked about a little bit at the top of the call. Um, Kem Bircher pressures at Chua. So they're, Right now, with OG's in OG's absence, they've been starting Kem Birch, um, and lots of Raptor fans have wanted Precious Achua to start in that spot instead. Now, I was a big Kem Birch supporter at the beginning of the year, but he hasn't really looked great um, mm-hmm. since returning back from his injury. But I'm going to ask you the question: Kem Birch or Precious Achua in that starting spot when a guy is 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 down? I gotta go with Precious because of the like he brings a lot of energy he brings at least he brings three-point shooting he can do some rim protecting he can uh you know guard in the perimeter as well so like he gives you a lot more versatility plus energy on both ends that makes it easier to run with the rest of the starting five like Cam Birch don't get me wrong after what we had to deal with with Alex Len and Aaron Baines and all them something that is just like, yo, we have a guy who can rebound, you know what I'm saying? Like crashing glass. I love this. Like a Catch traditional, a you know what, what I'm saying? It's just like, <laughs> we have all this with Kim. Like, yeah, I, I was all up on Kim. But again, when a guy gets injured, he gets thrown off his rhythm and then getting that momentum back takes time. It's not necessarily a plug and play type of thing. And we have seen his struggles. So it's just a matter of right now, you gotta give that to Precious because he's the one who is bringing you—he's bringing you everything that you want and need in this particular time, in order to be successful. I'm not mad at that at all. Um, all right, so this next one is gonna take us away from the season into the off season. What okay. do you think the Raptors should do? You have to pick from one of these two options. Not giving you a third. Get a backup big or a backup guard. Hmm. Is the backup big taller than six nine? This is a legit big man, not you know pretend big man, but a legitimate backup center. 
you know. The thing, the thing is too, like we need more scoring. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's just like, yeah, I think that we have to go with another guard because of the fact that we need more scoring and like playmaking and like, you know, someone needs to offset. (laughs) Exactly. Someone needs to offset that. It can't just, our two, we can't just have two good shooters on this team with Fred and Gary and Gary tonight. And OG. And OG. Yeah, and OG. When he's there. You know what I'm saying? Like, OG is good for, like, 40 games. Gary recently, (laughs) I mean, you you live or you die by the Gary. Gary recently has not been able to really hit a shot. We haven't talked about him tonight. Um, But but he's struggling. I agree with you. I think someone who can initiate some offense, someone who can score the basketball, um, someone who can shoot. We were really, listen, listen, we are very... We were very spoiled, and I mm, never Kyle took Lowry. one. I was I never took one season for granted. Okay, with Kyle Lowry, because I saw the turmoil that we used to be in before Kyle Lowry, and you kind of see like little bits of it after Kyle Lowry. Because like, look, we had Kyle, and then behind him was Fred, like coming up. Now Fred is or, established. Or Kojo, or, or Joseph, we you know what I'm saying. Tonight. Exactly. So it's just like, all right, we don't have that currently. So getting a good guard, like with some veteran presence, but at the same time, you need shooting, you need playmaking. You know if the Raptors could just get Fred Vent, Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, and Marcus Soul, I'm telling you, this team is it. We're running That's it back. That's all you need. That's all running you need. Running it back. You just, like, I, you, I don't even need Kawhi or Danny Green. Just give me those three guys, and I'm telling you, yeah, we're the East. It's over. Yeah, listen, we didn't we didn't need them. You know what I'm saying? Like 2020, before, before I'm telling you, that team, that 2020 team was special. We were going back, fam. We were going back. We were, we were gonna win the whole team. Bubble. Ah, COVID. I know. Uh, COVID has has ruined a lot more than just my basketball hopes and dreams, but yes, it, it certainly did dash my my basketball hopes and dreams as well. <laughs> All right, so uh, I just had you rank the playing teams, but now I want to go into the top four teams in the league. I need you to rank for me who you would least like to see to who you would most like to see again from Miami, Philly, Milwaukee, and Chicago. Oh, God. Wait, most to least? Same thing as before, yeah. So, like, the team that you would least like to see to the team that you would most like to see. Okay, least like to see Miami, 100%. That's not even a debate. Uh, Miami, Philly, Chicago, Milwaukee. Oh, you're saying bring on the Bucks. I mean, it's just, it's always one of those things that look, I know that they are a much better team than we are, but at the same time, we sort of like been having their number for like oh for a minute. You know what I'm Detroit saying? Detroit is to Toronto what Toronto is to Milwaukee. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, I feel more confident playing Milwaukee than the others. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm still I'm still gonna say Chicago's the shakiest to me. Mm-hmm. Then it's Milwaukee. Yeah. I'm with you on Philly and Miami being towards the end. I'm not mad at the Milwaukee pick at all. I'm not. I'd like to see the Celtics and the Bulls go at it. That seems like fun to me. Uh, Celtics and Heat go at it. That seems like fun to me. Celtics and Sixers go at it. I want the Celtics to go at those other teams. I'm yeah. going to stick to, I think Milwaukee would be fun. I'm with you. Kind of would like to see it. 
Bulls still to me seem to be the most shaky, but the Bucks, if Brooke Lopez doesn't come back healthy and look good, it's scary times for them. Yeah. I, and, I worry for them. And look, I understand like where where we are limited within our roster, but I also know that Nick Nurse coaches circles around Budenholzer. So they're limited in their roster too. They play a bunch of guys who should not be in the league. Like they are so like their bench is not it at all. So, if we so they're top, so they're top it, heavy. They're more top heavy. They're, t- they're top heavy. Yeah, They've yeah. got, you know, if you consider, you know, top heavy being Chris Middleton, sure. Um, <laughs> I'm still so mad. Like, they literally lied to our faces telling us that Chris Middleton is better than DeMar DeRozan. Are they for, years, for, Are they years, for years. For years. For years. Chris Middleton is better than DeMar and Kyle. Okay, so you're telling me that the DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry rap, uh, Raptors beat the Bucks, who had Giannis and Chris Middleton, both guys that are supposedly better than our top two? I'm still mad about it. Yeah, no, if anyone no. wants to know where the Chris Middleton slander comes from, you know what it is. It's on Twitter, them lying to me and telling me that Chris Middleton is better than DeMar DeRozan. Every year with those rankings, even like the year that um that DeMar was ranked 46 and then he infamously tweeted, fuck out of here, 46. <laughs> Yo. I'm still Yo. so mad about Holy. it. It was just like the general consensus on Twitter. It was like, oh, we're yeah. smart. Just like- Chris Middleton can shoot the three. And Chris Middleton can't dribble a basketball. What are we doing? <laughs> what i'm glad he can take a three is danny green somehow better than demar now like what are we doing Ugh, disgusting talk to, so him. Mad about talk it. to him talk I'm, to him like it's so annoying yeah. all right all right <laughs> so so i i keep mentioning how i wanted the celtics play those top four teams now would you rather because we're back to this this version oh of it God. play the celtics or play one of those four teams that you just <sighs> mentioned there Cause I don't want to lose to the Celtics. I'd rather lose to one of those top four teams. I'm going to tell you my answer. I'm not going to lie. Like I understand that part of me wants to run it back with the Celtics with fans. Cause I'm just like, nah, fam, we're going to win that whole ass series. If if Kyle was on the team, maybe. Right. But yeah, I know. Yeah, because Jason Tatum and is playing lights out, and and and, and they got Derek White. They just added; they're deeper than right, the Raptors. Right, but also we we guard Jason Tatum better than everybody in in the league. You know what I'm saying? And he's been on record saying that it's just like, yeah, like the Raptors guard him the hardest. So in terms of game planning around him, throwing whatever bodies at him, it would be a very difficult series. But also they have multiple outlets that can kill us. Like you know what I'm saying? Brown is there. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So there's a lot that can give us a lot of issues. So I definitely, I don't think I would want to see the Celtics as much. So you're as taking like, one of those top four. You're saying Milwaukee. Yeah. Give me Milwaukee. Give me Milwaukee. Give me Milwaukee. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Raps in um, six. <laughs> and finally, uh, the last question, which is completely off the board. Let's, let's look into the future a little bit. Let's look into next year. I'm going to ask you a very serious, would you rather uh, suspend all disbelief, everybody. Uh, this is one of these two things we're going to will into existence, whichever one you pick. Okay. Would you rather the Raptors win an NBA title next year? No, 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 no. Sorry. Scratch that. Would you rather the Raptors make the finals next year? I don't know if they win. They might go up against the Suns and get their butts handed to them or the Warriors or what have you, but they make the finals. They win the East. They're at least there for the party. They might get swept. We don't know, but they're there. Mm -hmm. Or Pascal Siakam is your MVP. 
That is a guarantee. That's not Ooh. up for debate. That's not up for the debate. The, the finals, they make it there, but who knows? They might get embarrassed. They might get embarrassed up there, but they make it. But what's guaranteed is Pascal Siakam is your MVP. Which would you rather see in your wildest dreams? Which are we picking? Damn, man. I mean, it's hard to go against seeing your team in the finals again. But also, the Raptors haven't had an MVP. Ever. So that hey, would they be... might they might get embarrassed at the top stage. Like one of them right. is guaranteed success. The other one is a 50-50 unless you're unless it's this version of the team. Because I'm sorry, this version of this team is not beating the oh, no, 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 no. or the Warriors. And like, no. are they gonna be that much? Like, I mean, if they have an MVP level caliber Siakam, yes, they would be, but but which would you prefer here? Um, which which would you rather to close us out? Oh man. Because he has to take another leap. That's what that right, means, right? right? If I'm just going to, I'm going to talk up both sides to you right now. One, he has to take another leap, which means even in this fantasy scenario, they can still make the finals because if he's that right. good, right? He's the like, MVP. And then when you have the surrounding supporting cast and whatever, whatever, and then like, you know, you have Scottie, If he doesn't make the finals, he might, he might start to get slandered, right? You remember Dirk Nowitzki loses in the first round as an MVP. Mm. All he got was slandered. But also, Kevin Durant didn't make the finals when he won MVP. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, none of these guys made the finals when they won MVP. Giannis didn't even make the finals when he won MVP, so it's okay. But it's a possibility. Now, if they make the finals, that means... I would rather... Beat the Bucks. They probably beat the Sixers. They probably beat I would the rather. Celtics. I would yeah. rather... I would rather the potential of getting to the finals and Pascal mm-hmm. winning finals MVP. Okay. Yeah. I'm not yeah. mad at it. Yeah, I'm I would go with that. It. I would go with that. I get, I get, you can't, I cannot go against wanting to see my team at the championship stage. There is nothing like that is I, I what think, you do. I think it that for. that's, I think you that's the saying? obvious answer, which is why I was talking up the other one so much. Is I'm, I'm <laughs> you trying to maybe, like... I'm trying to maybe appeal to the side that it would be like, yeah, I want to see him win a personal accolade. You know, I think if we're talking to Bucks fans right now and ask them what they care more about Giannis's MVPs or the or the championship that they won, I think all of them would point to the championship. It's 100 with um, the championship yeah. because that matters so much more. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. But also, they're spoiled because they have a multiple-time MVP. Facts. Come to Toronto, Giannis. <laughs> thank <laughs> you so much for joining me. You're Jordan. welcome. Uh, thank you to all the listeners for tuning in. You already know what to do. Hit the like, subscribe, share with your friends, and check us out next week. Awesome. Peace out.